0: What's up, then, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Midge, alongside me, my co host, the Keg. What's up, guys? And joining us today. We've got a variety of guests joining us today. So we have Michael and uh, Browson joining us from Spaghetti Junction, boys. Thanks, yeah. for, having hey, thanks me. for having us on. No yeah. problem at all. And you're also joining us today for our uh falcons episode we've got a big one coming up so we've got today from what's up falcons podcast we have uh quincy and rock joining us today how are we doing today fellas
1: hello hello pretty good man hello
0: all good stuff uh guys so just before we begin obviously i'll allow you all to i'll start off with spaghetti junction and allow you all to explain your socials everything else for all of our listeners so everyone can know yep. what you're all about so we'll start off with you uh with michael and browson there for spaghetti junction boys
2: Yeah, we're a uh, weekly sports podcast uh, coming from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Had a lot of great guests on recently. Falcons running back Michael Turner, Heisman Trophy winners, Danny Werfel, Charlie Ward, uh, former Marlins president, David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson on CBS radio, Muggsy Bogues. A lot of folks who hopefully aren't uh, aren't upset for, for us bypassing there, but uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at SJB Atlanta on Instagram at Spaghetti Junction Boys. We're on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, come check us out.
0: Awesome stuff. And uh, moving on to uh, Rock and Quincy explaining your uh, your What's Up Falcons podcast.
1: Yeah, we're um, What's Up Falcons Podcast, and uh, we've been, we're a weekly show, um, even though we don't get a show out every week sometimes, <laughs> off season, but you know, but we've been doing it for about, you know, about seven years now, and uh, we've had a variety of guests on our podcast as well, we've had, um, I think one of our biggest ones is uh, Ch- uh, Chuck Smith, he's been on our show a time, and uh, we've had some other guys too, but uh, it's usually
3: a couple of times,
1: yeah, Ovi Mahaley and all that, and Michael, how do we get in touch with Michael, turner that's what we're looking for so we gotta get in touch with you
2: (laughs) and the the burner he's as good as it gets
1: exactly
2: the the very first time he gave a read on our show when he was co-hosting he he just out of nowhere we didn't give him a script he just went after it and was infinitely better than i've ever been at giving reads and it's it's like the most my feelings have ever been hurt in my life I, I, I just said, I'm definitely not a better running back than you. So now you're going to come at me and be better at giving reads and better at podcasting than me. That's just not right, man. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> messed up. Awesome
4: stuff, guys.
0: Well, listeners, yeah. you put it themselves, these guys have got absolute great shows. They've had some great guests. So what I will do, guys, obviously, in our descriptions when we post this episode, they will all be tagged so you guys can give them a follow and check out all of their shows. Now, guys, so we'll talk about Atlanta now. I mean, me and, me and the cake are very excited because, obviously, if you've, if everyone's been listening, they know that we're Falcons fans. So, it's the first time out of our off-season talk series, as we're covering every team, we can cover our own team. Now, right. obviously, because we've got our guests on, we're going to want them to do predominantly more of the talking, but we're always happy to talk Atlanta in any stage or form. So, we're really excited. So, unfortunately, we have got to talk about last year. Um, <laughs> now, you know, there was a lot of optimism. like There always is, you know, Atlanta has... On its day, you know, you've got quarterback in Matt Ryan and all the other players, obviously, such as Julio. That offense, when it's on its day, can score points and we can beat teams. But it was just an abysmal year. I mean, just to cut it short, 4-12, and 12, last in the division. Um, I mean, you know, to, to, to pick a few games, obviously, you had games like the Dallas game where we just crumbled and, you know, we were the laughing stock for the, for the net, I don't know, I think it was like two or three weeks because the week after then we threw it away against Chicago. Right. And yeah, it, it, it just brung, brung back all the 2016 memories all in one hit. So it was obviously a bad time to be an Atlanta fan. It just didn't get much better than that, obviously finishing last. I mean, you know, yeah. de- defensively, we have issues. We know that. And it's still an issue as much as, I mean, obviously, we expected Dante Fowler um, to make a bit more of a, an impact for the money we signed him for, not the not the production we wanted um, going right. on on that. Obviously, a big free agent signing in Todd Gurley for a cheap deal. We were hoping that it could be his prove-it deal, you know, put all these arthritis rumours to bed on his knees and and become this, you know, his uh, old pro season type back. Didn't work out, obviously, you know, and it just didn't really go much from there. I mean, there's not many bright spots to talk about. I mean, Ridley had a career year. We knew it was going to happen at some point. Calvin Ridley's probably, my, I mean, definitely, in my opinion, the most underrated receiver in the league in terms of what he can do uh, in that front, you know, Matt Ryan didn't have his best year, but he didn't have his worst year. Obviously he had some issues, but you know, he's always still a viable option. Now I'll move it on to uh, spaghetti junction boys. We'll go up first to our neutral, uh, Michael, as you're obviously a Miami fan. Um, I mean, how did you see it from a, I mean, obviously you live in Atlanta as well. So you obviously hear about it a bit more uh, than maybe some other neutral fans. I mean, how did you see it? I mean, looking from a neutral perspective.
2: Yeah, that, I, like you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan, but I'm, I'm from here in Atlanta, so I, I do take a semblance of pride within my city, and the, the 28 to 3 jokes still get me. I lived in Boston after that happened, and there's more 28 to 3 flags in Boston than there are American flags outside of people's houses. It is, it's, it's just, it's. It, the city will never live that down. And then that yeah. Dallas collapse followed by a Nick full Chicago collapse. It was, it was just brutal on the social media streets. It was, it was a rough year. And when you look around the Falcons, the, the, the whole talk going into the season was how many first round picks were on that offense uh, with the additions of Laquan Treadwell and Todd Gurley and, and so forth. I think it was at 11 um, and the offensive line should be good. And the, the, the line was, was fine, um, it, but then you look around at the offense, you go, okay, you have an MVP, at quarterback, you have a guy in Todd Gurley, who's, he's 26, he's, it's, it's not ancient history, that monster year he had with the Rams that led to that big contract, and then you have Calvin Ridley, who's one of the most underrated receivers in the league, I think some fantasy owners know just how good he is, but the dude is such a crisp route runner. Uh, kind of in line with every guy who seems to come out of Alabama. And then uh, Julio battling the injuries. Hayden Hurst was a nice surprise. He, he played he played really well. Um, but it's just that defense. Oh, my gosh. There's, there's just no one in that front seven. And the Falcons trying to go from Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley, that, the whole Tack McKinley thing where he said, you'll have to get a first for me. And then they just release him. <laughs> I, didn't I want to think about myself the way that Tack McKinley thinks about his personal value in the NFL, because that is a fantastic way to wake up every day. Yeah. Um, and then Dante Fowler, incredible the year before, has such a high ceiling, always has since he was drafted in Jacksonville. And then just not getting it done. Grady Jarrett needs some help over there. Uh, it, was, it was just it's just a rough, rough defense. And it became glaringly obvious that that's going to have to be addressed in uh, in next month's draft.
4: Yeah. It, re- it really felt kind of like a forgotten year. I think what people will look back on and, and they'll confuse 2019 with 2020. Like, Oh, there, those were two different seasons. Like, yeah, there, there were um, <laughs> just kind of rinse and repeat with, yeah. with Dan Quinn, same, same BS, same, you know, hype and, Press conferences with really no substance, uh, clinging to that Super Bowl run, uh, like I mean everything Michael said. That front seven is just not getting you anywhere, and in, in, against an NFL offense. So, yeah, I think I think we'll hopefully look back five years from now with Arthur Smith having success and say, you know, twenty twenty was a wash for most everybody except Tom Brady, and that's fine. So that yeah. mm-hmm. the forgotten year. That's what I'll call it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I second that. Definitely a forgotten year. But, you know, like you said, Hayden Hurst was definitely a good uh, bright point to see what, what he'll do in this coming up, you know, it's coming following year. And uh, the whole Todd Gurley thing, <laughs> I mean, we wanted it to be great, but we already knew coming in, he already had the issues with the knees, with the arthritis in his knees. But he, I think he had a good start, but midway through, he kind of fell off. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely over.
4: 26 with the knees of a 46 year old so yeah right
3: exactly <laughs> well he has arthritis he has arthritis in both knees so he's he dealing with that i think they just didn't use him correctly i would have thrown screen yeah. passes to him galore instead of handing it off to him and, and letting him take that pounding but you know what do i know
4: the game five yard penalty <laughs> <laughs>
5: I think that's the thing, though. We, you know, we've got an off-season to look forward to. We're going to pick high in the draft, and we've just got to forget about next year. I mean, if we talk about these new hires, obviously Terry fontenot has been given his six-year contract. Yeah. He's obviously got a lot of faith in him as GM. And Arthur Smith. only a two-year deal, he's got to sort of prove himself. We have got a lot roster that's ready that can win. I mean, what's your thoughts on the, on the hire? If we start with you, Rock.
1: Well, so far, you know, we still have to see. I, I like the reputation especially Fontenot from the Saints and I heard he's pretty good with uh, making miracles happen but so far you know Demetrios put us in a pretty bad position so you know we're having to you know do whatever we can but uh, as far as the coach uh, Arthur Smith I'm very excited to see what he brings because um uh you know his pedigree um uh, I, I love uh his attitude as far as running the ball uh you know we didn't have that before and uh with with dirk cutter and uh to hear that he's really into running the ball and he had Dirk henry you know <laughs> to to you know to play with uh gives me a little hope on what he's going to do and i hear he's also a no kind of like dan quinn was had a reputation of being kind of like a a player's coach as far as being buddy buddy but i hear smith is like you know he's more direct and it's like if you do what you're supposed to do we're going to get along great if not we're going to have problems so i think they really need that type of culture uh at the facility so i'm interested to see what happens with that
4: yeah, I'm optimistic on Fontenot. I mean, what he's done so far with just restructuring that, um, you know, going and finding a steal, former first rounder, Barcavius Mingo, trying to do what he can with a bad, bad cap situation. Right. So I'm, I have faith in him, but I, I think the biggest question to mark is Arthur Smith. Going from Derrick Henry to now, I guess, Mike Davis is just going to be what, how, what does an offense look like when you don't have the tools? that you had or, or you have a completely different set of tools than you had at Tennessee. So, um, right. but I am optimistic. I am optimistic. Yeah. I, th-
2: I think what you're going to see out of Font knows the saints have been as aggressive as anyone in the draft. I mean, they're they're they trade yeah. up seemingly every year. They traded up for Davenport the other year for goodness sake um, and giving him a six year deal. That's so important for a guy who has some turnover that he has to do, that he has to deal with some issues with a bad cap situation. And you saw John Lynch get a similar deal because the 49ers said, hey, we went for it. We didn't win the title. It's kind of a mess here for us to get through that reset. And that's kind of exactly where the Falcons are, that it's not a total rebuild, but there is some stuff to sort through there to get back to the level that they were at. But I love Arthur Smith hiring as well. And so what what he can do, what he did with Tannehill, as a Dolphin fan, I saw firsthand the sort of uh, Corey and Topanga, will they, won't they, for years of, will he be anything for us? And we just kept thinking like, oh, he's making strides. Tannehill is going to be right there. And he was never anything for us. And then we we give him to Tennessee for a box of matches, and he's an MVP candidate. He's insane. He can run zone reads now? Where was that? He can throw the deep ball? He's incredible. And you have to give some of that credit to Arthur Smith, because he had a million OCs and head coaches in Miami, and none of them figured it out. And of course, having Derrick Henry's kind of having a cheat code, I mean, for as much as you devalue a running back in today's NFL, he changes everything. But then you get A.J. Brown in there. A.J. Brown turns into a Pro Bowl receiver. and I mean, he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard years. A.J. Brown did fantastic in that offense. You saw Adam Humphreys did some things that offense. Corey Davis, people thought was a bust at first, taking fifth overall from P.J. Fleck, rowing the boat up there. And now look at Corey Davis getting a zillion dollars. I'm pretty sure Woody Johnson had to sell off a boat to sign Corey Davis up there. And so what he can do for an offense is, is really impressive that he uses what he has. We heard the exotic smash uh, about running the football, but then they became a really, really good passing team. So finding a guy who doesn't try and fit his system to his pieces, but instead has his pieces and tries to fit them into his system, figure out, here's what I have, what can I make with it? Uh, sort of an iron chef of an offensive coordinator. I think that's a great, that's a great hire to have. And so I, am I'm, I'm very optimistic about what that hire will do for the offense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I agree. I mean,
5: it's the way that, like you say, the way that he turned these players into just weapons there. I mean, Derek Henry wasn't as good before he joined anyway, was it, you know, he wouldn't bring up the numbers that he, he did towards the end. I mean, if we, if we sort of go on to next year's situation, like the the cap, obviously we haven't had any money this offseason. Right. It's a tough situation to come into And, you know, we've really struggled. We're sort of currently around one million in cap space. We're going to have to free up some more to sign the draft picks. We've done a lot of restructures. already restructured Matt. We've restructured uh, Jake, you know, a few other guys. So, I mean, is there anyone else here that you can sort of see? I mean, for me, Isaiah Oliver could probably be moved on. I mean, any thoughts from anyone?
1: I would say Isaiah Oliver. (laughs) I wouldn't be upset. (laughs) We moved on from Isaiah. I'm just saying. (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's going to be a case of restructuring a few more of these players, but I'm surprised <laughs> Grady Jarrett hasn't been restructured yet. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: And I don't think yeah. Julio's going to do anything. If we hadn't heard so far, I, I doubt he's going to restructure.
5: Very doubtful Julio
1: restructures. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, we've lost obviously the safeties. I think that's probably the main area that we're we've sort of struggling with. I mean, KZ still might reside. Is there any sort of safeties that you sort of? think we could pick up on the cheap i mean if we start with you michael i mean have you got any guys that you sort of think we could add has has malik hooker landed anywhere yet um i haven't seen him I, i know he was talking to the cowboys but i haven't seen him land anywhere i
2: i love what malik hooker brings when he was coming out of ohio state he was as good of a ball hawk as any he plays center field uh, as, as well as anyone that we've seen in recent years. And he's just had injury issues, which if you're the Falcons, you're not going to win a bidding war against anyone. And so what you have to do is find someone on a prove-it deal. Where can we find someone who It the market's not enormous for for whatever? Sometimes you'll find guys who are older, who are coming off injury histories, who are inconsistent. Uh, and so you just have to find a kind of diamond in the rough there. Um but luckily for Atlanta, this the draft is so deep at safety that if they want to hold off for the NFL draft, that they'd definitely be able to find someone who who they can pair back there on the cheap with uh with AJ and and kind of see how that young secondary can develop.
4: Yeah I mean Eric Harris I think shows what they're trying to do. They want that veteran presence to do what Michael said to then match it with someone young. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know a lot about Eric, but I, I watched some highlights and looked at his stats after we signed him. I mean, it seems like he's probably definitely going to start and, and be the driver in the secondary trying to lead some young guys. But yeah, there's just not a lot we can do given the situation we're in.
0: Yeah. I mean, moving on to um, to all the guys at the, um, at the What's Up Falcons podcast. I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, it seems like a glaring need now. The fact that I think I was quite, quite frustrated because when I saw the Keanu Neal deal, now it made sense. He went to Dallas, reunited with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn always used to love to use him. And and, and apparently he's going into this more hybrid linebacker role in Dallas. But the, the deal, I say only, obviously we don't have any money, but um, it was only a one-year five, mil, $5 million deal. And it's just a little bit frustrating, you know, because when you see, you know, obviously, I know not recall that has gone now to Cincinnati. But you sort of look at that and you think maybe just one of the guys we could have kept because, like I say, Eric Harris. OK, sign off and cheap could, could be could be nice. But if you wanted a bit of familiarity, but then also Terry and also Arthur Smith might want, you know what? We might just need a complete change. I mean, obviously, the back end's been really bad for a long time. And obviously the past rush doesn't help that. We know we know that all sort of connects, but the secondary hasn't been that great. So maybe they just want to clean house a little bit. I mean, I'd love to maybe see if they could bring KZ back on a really cheap deal, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he'll sign somewhere else on the multi-year deal. I mean, how do you guys see it for the What's Up Falcons podcast? What do you think on the safety issue?
1: Aries, do you want to jump in on this one?
0: Um, my, my opinion is I think
6: he'll be more – it'll be more of a, of a better chance if we – Try to fill that spot from the draft, uh, free agency. I mean, like my my, 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 my Michael was saying, um, Hooker is is probably a good option, but I think they're going to wait until after the draft.
0: I think you know, it makes so. sense. I mean, if we, I mean, it just I mean, seems like the, of the obvious point for that because like I say, other than a couple of guys in free agency with the with the little money we have, when like you say, we're not going to win any bidding wars like at all, so. It just sort yeah. of makes
5: sense to lead onto that. I mean, the other area I want to sort of get your guys' opinion on is the is the offensive line. Obviously, we've we've taken a lot of guys in the draft recently. But Gary had a really good year last year at guard, and obviously Jake Matthews is solid. But I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on the offensive line? Do you think we needed to pick up a center, or is it going to improve um, next year?
6: Um, from what I'm understanding, when, when they d- 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 drafted Hennessy. I, I think he was—he was the guy who's supposed to come in, and learn from learn from Mac, and then t- t- take his spot. So, if they're still going forward with that, because of the coaching change and all that, I don't know. But we're going to have to see. But hopefully, they they do draft um into one or two offensive alignment. So yeah, actually, some we're, we're going to have to wait and see.
1: Exactly. I, we we can we can't go wrong with an offensive line. I mean, drafting there because we we definitely still need help there. I mean, Matt can't be getting hit as many times as he's been getting hit. You know, that's you know that's just ridiculous. And if we want to keep him for another three years, we have to fix that. We have to address that. We have to protect him.
4: I, f- I forget what podcast it was on, but Arthur Smith was interviewed recently. And he kind of snuck it in at the end, but he made a comment about how he felt comfortable with the line where it's at. And that really surprised me because as a fan and I'm sure Matt Ryan, it surprised him too, but uh, maybe he sees the talent there and thinks he can work with it. So I, I, I'm, I'm trusting in Arthur right now, but we may need to – this may be a big off-season concern next year. Yeah, I
5: mean, yeah. I, well, they I, did. I, yeah, am yeah. oh, sorry. I said McGarry. I'll make Lindstrom play. When it goes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> McGarry obviously had his struggles at past
1: <laughs> Well, they did let James Carpenter go, so I guess that's a plus, you know. So yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well overpaid for that guy.
1: Exactly. Well overpaid.
5: Not a favorite on Falcon's
0: Twitter. No, not at not. all.
5: <laughs> I think you know. I think Max gonna Max's gonna need replacing. Obviously, they they talked about Hennessy taking over at centre, but obviously it's a big loss. We have got an experienced guy there that you know to move on from, and I think that's going to be a big area. But I've, I'm confident that he can get that right, and yeah, hopefully you know we can. It's interesting. It,
0: it is interesting because obviously from a couple of free agency members, obviously there was this big. Um, big sort of conversation about David Andrews, who, um, funny enough, he's played his ball with Georgia. And it was like, oh, okay. They seem really interested. Then lo and behold, a few hours later, he re-signed with the Patriots. But um, there was obviously that sort of conversation in the, in, you know, in the rumour field of what was happening, that they were trying to target a centre. Now, I'm not sure it was just because David Andrews was there and they really liked him. So, cause you know, you know, there's, I think the, probably the best guy that's probably available in France is someone like Nick Easton, um, from the Saints who probably plays centre. But other than that, you know, there's not many points there. And as much as that Hennessy, you know, and Hennessy wasn't perfect. He did get moved around a little bit. Um, but when Dimitrov and Dan Quinn, when they went through the draft process, they stated a lot of how much they really liked Matt Hennessy from Temple. And they waited till the third to pick him. But they were so sold on him. I mean, I was quite happy when they did draft him because they were so sold on the guy. They were They were so public about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, when they picked him up in the third, I felt it was a good option. So we'll have to see how he progresses. I hope, obviously, knock on wood, he can be the guy that can anchor in the middle because, you know, you lose someone like Alex Mack. And, you know, we've got to remember Alex Mack was part of the offensive line that took us to the Super Bowl that year, you know. So, yeah, big, big loss to take on that line. Um, But hopefully we can get it all sorted and have to see what goes on. I mean, what are your thoughts, Quincy? I think, do you think in terms of, I think the one question I'd like to ask all of you, I mean, McGarry, I mean, it's a big question, obviously. Do we give McGarry a little bit more time? I mean, obviously I'm not saying just, you know, cut the guy loose, but, you know, he, he was, he, from his stats, he's apparently, you know, he's done well in run blocking, but he's not great in pass protection. So that's an area right. he needs to work on on the right side. Obviously he's got his middles covered with Lindstrom. Lindstrom's an absolute stud. Um, so I'm fine with him there. I mean, what's your thoughts? Do you think McGarry can get it sorted, or do you think, like you said, Arthur, um, like you pointed out, um, Arthur Smith is sort of a guy, if you're not going to do your job properly, they're going to have issues. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on McGarry? Do you think they keep up with him a little bit? This could be his prove-it year this year?
1: I think so. I really think so. I mean, he's... <laughs> Was it – I get confused who was injured and missed the entire season after they were drafted. Was is that McGarry or was that Lindstrom? That I think was Lindstrom. it was McGarry. That was Lindstrom? Lindstrom? Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think he broke his foot on, like, week two or one the, in his rookie year. Yeah. So, he he missed more time. McGarry's probably played a lot more time than Lindstrom.
1: Yeah, I, I'll give him one more uh, prove-it year because, you know, it's only – this will be his third season coming up, correct?
0: Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah, sure,
1: you, yeah. Give him, yeah you definitely give him one more prove-it season to see if he can really – step up and, uh, and, and, you know, have a better season this year. What do you, what do you say, Q?
3: I think he's going to be okay this season. I think, I think he got lucky in that, and he's going to thrive this year. I think we're going to run the ball a lot more than in the past. And I think, um, um, like someone said a, a little bit ago, he is a, a better um, run blocker than he is pass blocker. And I think that uh, – hey. I think he's going to um, – I think he's going to be okay. But I mean, you know, we'll see, obviously. But I think he's going to be okay. I think we're going to run that ball.
2: Pass interference, defense, automatic first down.
5: Yeah, I mean, if we if we move on to the draft, I mean, obviously it's a exciting one for us, picking four is the highest we've picked in a long time. I mean, I know me and Midge are pretty set on what we want to do with it. I mean, we're both in the trade-down camp. I mean, what's your guys' thoughts? I mean, if we start with you, Michael, and, you know, go around the group again.
2: Yeah, I, I think – Really, that's that's an ideal situation for Atlanta is to trade down because Atlanta's in an interesting position where the roster is. I know there's a lot of folks pinning potentially Justin Fields just because he happens to be from up the road to Atlanta and some quarterbacks and so forth. But Matt Ryan was not the problem last year. Okay. And so with you when you have a lot of leaks in a boat, but you, you got a strong stern – you don't try and reinforce the stern, try and fix the leaks in the boat. And so I've, I've also, I don't understand Falcons' obsession with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is fantastic. Trust me, as an Ole Miss alum, we could have thrown all 11 guys on Kyle Pitts and they could have still thrown it to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> but taking a tight end that early is just asinine. No matter how good he can be, it's just crazy. Especially when you have Hayden Hurst on an inexpensive contract who played incredibly well, unless you're going to run two tight end sets like the Patriots eight years ago and the Patriots next year. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. But when you saw Micah Parsons run a sub 4440 today, I think he fits perfectly with Atlanta. And the way this draft sets up, I think we're going to see five quarterbacks go in the top 10. I'd almost be surprised if we didn't, because I think the Jets will take one. We all know the Jaguars are going to take one. And then Trey Lance has been flying up draft boards. I don't think he makes it to five. Mac Jones, I think a team's really going to fall in love with Mac Jones, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's New England. uh, And also Justin Fields came into this year where he was potentially going to uh, supersede Lawrence as the number one pick, that there was some talk that that could happen. And so I don't think any of them make it out of the top 10, which is great great for a team like Atlanta who doesn't need a quarterback right now and so when you when you need something in the front seven and there's not an elite guy in this draft there's no Miles Garrett from the looks of it there's no Von Miller from the looks of it and so if you, you can get back with a quarterback hungry team or a team who falls in love with Panay Sewell move back to seven, eight, nine you're in prime territory to pick up extra picks which you need when you're cash strapped and get a guy who makes more sense at that spot in the draft. Get a guy like Gregory Rossau out, uh, out of Miami. He could be an absolute monster set out this year. Get a guy like Micah Parsons. I think that sets up perfectly for what Atlanta wants to do. This whole, this whole draft really could set up perfectly for Atlanta. Picking up a couple really valuable picks. And then it's really deep at safety. A guy I love, love his film is Javon Holland out of Oregon. You get Javon Holland in the second round, that dude played corner, played safety, and excelled at both. A guy that you can put anywhere in the secondary, who can match up with a receiver, match up with a tight end, is so, so valuable. If you can put him back there and get a guy who can get to the quarterback uh, in in the first round while picking up extra picks. We're talking about the interior of the offensive line earlier. It's so deep at guard and center. So, so deep. You could get a guy like Landon Dickerson or, um, or Creed Humphrey or Josh Myers. Uh, there's tons of guards, Brown out of Alabama, Davis out of Ohio State, tons and tons of interior linemen that you could get in the third round. So if you can trade back, pick up an extra second, pick up an extra third, whatever the package that you're going to get for teams training up for a quarterback or a top offensive lineman, you can get a pass rusher, you can get a safety you can probably get a, it's a pretty good linebacker draft. So if they pick up an extra second, get a Baron Browning. Uh, if it's higher, get a Zaven Collins or maybe Nick Bolton falls there. Um, so you get a safety linebacker, pass rusher, and an interior lineman with four day one and day two picks. That could be potentially a game changing draft for the Falcons if they get this right.
4: Yeah. And I don't know how familiar y'all are with just the Atlanta sports scene generally and maybe Georgia in a wider scope but there's a lot of talk of conspiracy you know curses forever bad luck and it just feels like of course the year when we get this top five pick is the one year where there's not that dominant edge rusher and we're on a team where that's the biggest need so it fits the Atlanta (laughs) sports narrative that oh okay well now we're The fact that we're even talking about trading down is a little disheartening to me because I wish there was that guy who could come in and change, you know, pair up with Grady and change the face of the defense. But sadly, we're not there. I mean, Michael covered pretty much everything I have to think of consistent with his got to trade down, got to go fill needs in bulk and hope that, you know, two or three guys you pick up on. Uh, second or second day second round a second day really pan out but um there's just no one there I don't want to take a quarterback Matt still I think you look at longevity of guys in the NFL if we protect him I think he can give you a, a few more drafts and then get someone in place two three years from now I, I would hate to see us take fields uh or even try or Zach Wilson or one of those guys if they fall but um yeah i i wish that edge rusher was there and it's very sad they're not, but trade down and move on and and get a, get a bunch of guys you like in bulk
6: see but but we've we've tried getting edge rushers at the top of the draft and look and look what that's happened to us i mean it's it's just it's not a guarantee it's just you have to pick smart you know what i mean so so in my opinion i think in in retrospect i mean how much longer do we have and Matt, Matt, Matt for? two th- th- three years if we if we can get a young quarterback to, to 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 sit behind him so so he is the, the future of the franchise rather than i mean our core around is just those holes that we need on, on d line and offensive line you can pick up a d a, a, a d lineman and an offensive lineman second third round fourth round and still have that solid linebacker that, that you know what i'm saying or, or, or edge rusher that you need but to be this high up and not take a quarterback when your quarterback has maybe three to four years left i think would be a, a mistake if we don't do it that's just my opinion
2: if, if you're going for a hit or miss Yes. I mean, I I completely agree with what you're saying that you have to evaluate better. And luckily, there's a different evaluator in charge of everything now. But quarterback drafts, those are you you just flip a coin. Uh, You go back to 1998. People were genuinely torn on Ryan Lee for Peyton Manning. You, (laughs) You heard that it was a generational quarterback draft when it was Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota, neither of which made it to their second contract with their team. People thought that the, the whole Carson Wentz, um, Jared Goff draft, that that was going to be a great one. Both of those guys gone. People thought that the worst quarterback draft we've seen in a while was Mitch Trubisky. They're right about that one. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. No, Everyone thought Patrick Mahomes was a monster jump by the Chiefs. On draft day, no one liked that decision. It's quarterback, well, while people are improving because there's better coaching at the college level and there's a lot more college stuff being implemented in the NFL offenses, It it's still as much of a crapshoot as it gets. And so if you're the Falcons and you get a quarterback a couple years before you may need one and you get it wrong too, like the Packers look like they did with Jordan Love, you could be missing out on someone who could help you immediately and in the long term, uh, like a Micah Parsons, who Parsons is a tackling machine, gets into the backfield. The, the big thing that I noticed from the Falcons in the front seven wasn't missed assignments as much as it was just a sheer lack of athleticism, just guys who, even if you had a good scheme couldn't do what you need them to do in the NFL. I mean, of course, Dion's been hurt so much by injuries, um, but getting an influx of speed athleticism and just general meanness uh i i think i think you have to look that way if now now. Right.
4: now you sound like dan quinn though just fast and physical that's
6: all you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i was just
4: gonna say you that you scared my me head about. on the pod
6: <laughs> now no but
4: but when you look at it when, when, when
6: they drafted patrick mahomes they had alex smith you know, mahomes sat for a year then then you, then you have aaron rogers who who, who who sat a couple years behind brett Favre. so mm-hmm. And then I, I I think they're doing that again when they d- 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 drafted Love. Love is going to sit a couple years, and then so when when it's time for Aaron Rodgers to m- 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 move on, you got Love who's been sitting there, you know, watching him you know, learning everything he can. So when 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 it is his time, he can focus on be- becoming a better quarterback. If you can if you can have somebody like Zach Wilson. Or Trey Lance sit sit behind Matt for for you know what I'm saying a, a year or two to not have to focus on winning now and and, and to to just become a better quarterback on you know what I'm saying to watching tape and low low learning from him I think that that helps him.
5: Yeah, I mean I think it's a fair point, and obviously he's a great guy to learn behind Matt Ryan, but you know, and I think one of them is like we talked about. There's five quarterbacks that are probably go in to the top ten. And that for me just opens up the possibility of just adding extra players. We've just got so many needs for me that yeah. I just think that for me, I really like Matt Ryan. I still think he is a top top 10, top 15 guy. If you get the system around him right and if you get him protection, if you get him, he's obviously, he's got the weapons already. I mean, we could do with a run game. So that's, that's my idea. I just did my mock draft 2.0 recently. And for me, I think the Patriots have been so aggressive that I think they're going to move up and get a quarterback. Actually had us trading with the yeah. Patriots of fifteen and taking Najee Harris, you know, would get so much for that. And then I also wow. had us trade him back into the draft, tra- trading back to the first round to try and take a safety, the best safety in the draft, uh Moe-Rick. Don't you dare take Najee Harris from me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. that was coming. <laughs> Man, I, that was coming. I have spent years <laughs> waiting for Najee Harris to be a Miami dolphin. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to watch another team play if we don't draft him. If if he gets you won't, drafted you won't by come, Team X,
0: you won't come on our show again if it happens, so. that happens. <laughs>
2: oh man, Keg, yes, he... you, you, I'm going to fall into a deep dark <laughs> Thursday night now after thinking about Najee Harris going three picks before <laughs> we have our second first round. I just think so you know, in this history.
5: coach who needs this, he needs a running back. At the end of the day, we saw what he done with Derek Henry, you know. Give him away. Yeah, give him the exactly. and, and see what you
1: can do with him. Did you? That see was my quads? pick. That's what. Yeah.
2: There was can a I There was a picture on Twitter that went around this week of his quads, and <laughs> it's like John Goodman's torso. They're enormous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, if we could militarize
2: those quads,
1: is it like Michael Turner's size?
2: Hey, my, Michael Turner has a big quads. We got Saquon with the quads. I mean, these things—it's just insane. I don't.
6: Yeah. I don't. I. I can't. I can't. Please don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't d- d- disagree with that. I mean, I'm. I'm telling. Najee not, 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 not Harris. I've had time to go back and, and, and watch his film. The man's a beast. He is an utterly beast. Yeah. So, and with our, and with our coach. Coming, coming from Tennessee, having that run game, that that might be a possibility. So don't. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's okay. what I have been saying on our show, I, and I get that, I get I mean, grief for it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> like a running back? Are you sure? I'm but like, I, I, hey, I just don't, I just, I just, I just don't see us getting him at four. That's the no, thing. No, I thought we were four. Yeah, right. no, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. him getting him at. To four get him anywhere
1: we can. Yeah. That's what I said. If could
6: trade back, <laughs> pick up a couple of picks and then pick him up. That would be interesting. Interesting. Because look,
1: they got Dallas got Elliott with it. Um at 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 three or four. Four. Four, yeah. exactly. So I mean he's turned out to be pretty well. So with the right scheme, we have a new OC. I mean, we're gonna run that ball. Go ahead, there's
6: but what, but but when Dallas drafted Zeke their front line was A one. Nice. Right. They had they had the best front line in the league. So I can see going for a, a back that high. But when yeah. you have holes like us, you, you might have to drop down a couple picks to improve that front line.
5: The thing is, I don't so, think we necessarily need to take him before. I don't think he's gonna go until no. probably Miami, you know. So we can probably can drop down and still take him <laughs> yeah, and I get think- him a bit cheaper.
2: If you're familiar with the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner, I yeah. I actually wrote down on a piece of paper Najee Harris movie. no matter what and I <laughs> mailed it to the Dolphins facility. I said, this is this is all you need. Take this in.
0: Just do that's a Kevin, Kevin Costner and you'll
2: be fine. That's all that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, we we could draft Demi Lovato at three, but as long as we get <laughs> Najee Harris at 18, I'm thrilled. I really I'll, am.
6: I'll
1: take Demi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I mean, Quincy. What, what's, <laughs> you your thoughts?
0: What's, your, what's your thoughts at four? I mean, I mean, are you a quarterback? Are you quarterback happy in terms of you know you could take someone like a Trey Lance, sit him, or I mean, what's your thoughts, Quincy? I mean, would you like to just trade back? What's what's your thoughts?
3: You're not going to want to hear my thoughts. I uh, I want Justin Fields <laughs> here. Okay, and he grew up just okay. right down the street. I'm very familiar with him, and uh, I'm hoping that we use a. Uh, we use our per- first pick on Justin Fields. I think uh, it would do a lot to get people back into the stadium once the stadium opens back up because uh, right now I heard that the Falcons are like, you know, it's like five million bucks in in, in default uh, on, those, um, on those PSLs for those seats at the Dome. So not only are people not going to the games, they're not even paying for their seats at this point anymore. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to, you know, waste a pick, I don't know if it's wasting a pick, but if you want to. Use that pick on Justin Fields. I think
5: that'll get some excitement back into the dome, back into the building. So,
0: no, great. I think um, you know,
5: I think that's a, I think that's a fair point as well. I think you know you can probably do that as well with a with a weapon like Harris as well. But I completely agree. I like I quite like Fields. You know, I, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks. I'll take Fields over Trey Lance any day of the week.
4: I, I think Fields learning from that would be nice. I mean, Justin Brilliant. didn't play a ton of quarterback growing up so and obviously had his whole episode at Georgia where he didn't play a lot and then uh, so he hasn't had as many snaps as some of the other guys in the draft so I think he is a guy who would be best suited for sitting maybe one or two years under Matt and I, and I agree Quincy this the stadium needs energy that's a whole separate issue people go there and it's almost like they're visiting an art gallery and not attending a football game so if you have some way to guarantee. An injection of life into that building. I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
2: <laughs> if I could, if I could <laughs> offer a counter on this of what makes Atlanta's situation a little bit different than what we've seen in the past, uh, when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers going to Green Bay or Patrick Mahomes going to Kansas City. Uh, if you look at, say, when Philip Rivers slash Eli Manning was drafted while they still had Drew Brees in tow is those were teams who could afford to have someone behind them or the Packers with Jordan love. Those were all good teams. Those were teams that are winning 10, 11 games that didn't need a direct infusion of talent at one spot that they could afford to have someone wait a little bit. I, I don't think that the Falcons are at the point of having that luxury and being in a draft where, you can add extra picks to fill a bunch of holes that you have on defense when you are absolutely cash strapped. And even, even if you want to say, Hey, if McGarry can't do it, we draft a tackle who acts as a swing uh, right now and can take over if he does well. And McGarry doesn't, you can get a guy like Alex Leatherwood sometime in the second round. He was projected going go in the first, had kind of an inconsistent 2020 who knows when Walker little is going to go out of Stanford I mean, he could go second, third, maybe even fourth round because his last tape is, what, 2018? He looked like a yeah. first-rounder then, but it's been so long since he played football. But that's a risk that you can take, that you could end up getting a guy who looks like a top-10 pick uh, back then at Stanford. And so if you can fill multiple holes, uh, at, as as Ben mentioned, you've seen quarterbacks lately who are going deeper into their careers. I mean, Tom Brady's 56. Uh, Philip Rivers just retired. I uh, he has you know a school bus full of children driving around with the lizard on his side teaching you lessons as they go into Lord knows where.
0: Um, he's got his own
2: football team and Aaron... just kids.
1: That's right. <laughs> it's I mean, not just have...
2: bus. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is I think thirty seven or thirty eight, and he was the best quarterback in football last year. And he's he's older than than Matt is. I, I feel I still think that that MVP quarterback is there with Matt that keg you said top 10 top 15 I think that's remarkably fair for where Matt Ryan is I, I think he was really hindered by no Julio I yeah. mean Julio is still a game-changing dude yeah. he is still that yeah. dude who's strong who's fast has hands he just can't stay healthy if right. he can stay healthy and I think I haven't even thought about Najee Harris to the Falcons just because that's something that I've buried so deep in my psyche that I haven't allowed myself to think about him going somewhere else. But I mean, that's, that's a guy who, like you said, you saw what Arthur Smith did with Derrick Henry that changes your offense and that opens up everything for the play action for a guy like Julio, for a guy like Ridley for Hayden Hurst would probably be the biggest beneficiary of having a guy like Najee Harris back there. And you have a deep running back draft. Williams and Carter yeah. out of North Carolina. Fantastic. ETN is so good. People forget about him. Um, there's Trey Sermon and uh, uh, Hubbard at of Okie state. They both could be going fourth, fifth round. I don't know. I, I, I understand what y'all are saying. And this is a great quarterback draft. I love all five. I think all five could end up being that guy. And you don't want to end up looking as stupid as the Miami dolphins do. And I could give a thousand examples of that. But in 2005, we had the second pick and we took Ronnie Brown. Great, fine career. Fine career that Ronnie Brown was great at Auburn. Great for the Dolphins. We all love that wildcat year. So much fun. But you know who is sitting there on the board at two? Aaron bleeping Rogers. And we've had to, we were just like, no, we've got it. We've got Jay Fiedler. If we just give Jay Fiedler, Ronnie Brown, we're, we nailed it. And so that scares you is having if Justin Fields becomes a 10-year Pro Bowl quarterback, Trey Lance is the mystery guy, played one game this year because the pandemic has an enormous ceiling. If you if Trey Lance ends up being the next Mahomes, who's kind of a mystery guy because you didn't know if you system or not, then you kick yourselves of, oh great, we took a linebacker, we reached on a D end, we traded back. That that terrifies you. But I don't know.
0: I It's so difficult just to sort of cap this sort of bit off with the draft. I mean, before we go into a way early prediction, like I've looked at every single point, all of you have made, Quincy, or everyone, every single one in this, in, in this chat right now, I've thought about the situation of, you know, you have these questions. I've had it in the back of my mind as much as I love Matt. And obviously every Atlanta fan has loved what Matt has given to this franchise since Mike Vick, you know, like he is, you know, he took, us, he took us and gave us winning seasons. He took us to a Super Bowl. You know, we've all got mm-hmm. that love in our heart for Matt. And obviously you have to sort of put that aside. You have to, you know, in situations like this, it's a business. But I've also had the thoughts of, you know, if Justin... Like I say, I think out of all the quarterbacks I like in terms of who could be there for, I think Justin Fields makes a ton of sense, you know, from where he's from and him sitting behind Matt. I think, look, I, I, I'm going to... As Falcons fans, you have to put the faith in the new office. You know, Arthur Blank has stated very highly of Terry and also Arthur Smith. And um, from what Terry and, and everything that Terry has said in his press conferences, he's such a professional guy, and I hope he can get the job done. And, you know, some of these new regimes want a new guy in, and it might just be something they have to accept. But I also look at the other side of where t- trade down, do this, tr- do whatever, whoever you pick up for it's also a situation of there's a lot more holes on this team than quarterback. And like we've said, yes, it'd be an absolute amazing scenario if we could get someone sitting behind Matt, if Matt, some, you know, takes a bit more of a drop off, then great. You can chuck someone like Fields, whoever's sitting behind him in, and I'm all for that. But, but like Michael said, you can't, you can't have that luxury all the time. And I think like I say, there's so many holes in this team, especially on defense, you know, the, Matt isn't the whole problem here. And I think if Terry is smart, and I hope he is, I hope he is, I really hope he can look at this as a whole and go, right, let's trade back. And, you know, because I can't remember, you know, we've been following Atlanta since 2011, 2012, and I can't think of the fact of how we've accumulated picks over the years. It's always been, don't be we gone, we've been aggressive. We've, we've traded up for Julio and we've traded back in the first round, you know, and stuff like that. But we've never had the case of we've had a lot of picks in one year. And, you know, and obviously draft capital is huge. I mean, you know, you look at some teams now. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be the next things, but, you know, the Jags have been through. Some many rebuilds, So of the Jets, you know, we could go on a whole episode about them. Um, but they've got capital. And yes, we're not in a rebuild, but I'd love to have some capital at least one year because it just gives you some options. Yeah. And I think this could be the prime year to do it. It's such a torn situation. And I don't want to be Terry Fontenot when it comes at four cause I think it's going to hit him like a train and think, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Like, you know, like, is the phone going to ring? Am I going to pick um, the, the saving grace for the next years for the franchise? It's so hard, but I see both points massively. I just want to state that out because it's gone through my head since the season has finished and that's been on both sides and it's so difficult to be a Atlanta fan right now because you just it could go either way. It could be a massive boom or bust is what I'd like to say, because yeah. obviously I, I agree with everyone's pit. you know, these thoughts have always, have all gone in my head and I'm sure they have with the kegs. I mean, the keg just wants to trade down there. We don't give a shit. So
5: <laughs> he just wants to trade down. But. I'm, I mean, I'm mega anti-quarterback this year, but I mean, I, I completely see where you're coming from. And I do make, think you make some good points about the quarterback sitting behind Matt and, you know, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, we've got to trust Terry, see what he does.
4: And
0: automatic first down.
5: I mean, if we move on to like a, an early prediction for next season, then, I mean, I don't think this division is as difficult as it was. I mean, the Buccaneers, obviously, they've re-signed all their guys. They're going to be excellent again. They're a Super Bowl-caliber team. you got Carolina, who I, I don't think they're great. They obviously haven't really got a quarterback at the moment. And also the Saints, who they've had their issues with a cap this year, and I don't think they're going to be the same team. Obviously, they've still got a solid defence, but... I still think, you know, we can be the ones that finish second behind the Bucks this year. That's probably a bias from me. But, I mean, what's your thoughts? I mean, if we start with you, uh, Michael, and go around again. Yeah, I, I think the the NFC
2: South got a lot weaker. New Orleans, I mean, Drew Brees wasn't bringing much to the table last year. But still, you're, you're trusting in James Winston, who we've seen how he is in the NFC South for years. Yeah. And then you've – although – with Sean Payton that could change some things because obviously there's tons of talent there Uh, or Taysom Hill who I I don't (laughs) I don't understand Taysom Hill I will never understand (laughs) that infatuation that Sean Payton has with him yo he's not very good at tight end and he's not very good at quarterback but he can like kind of do both of them like all right let's pay him a ton and keep him on (laughs) <laughs> um, but the, the schedule opens up all right, because the Falcons are paired up. The NFC South is paired up with the NFC East. And there's not a single game there that scares you. I know the Giants have done a ton, uh, but, but you're, you're, you're going up against Daniel Jones, um, Jalen Hurts, and what's uh, Heineke, whoever the guy from LinkedIn is. Uh, so that's you have some very winnable games there. You have a game against Detroit, who, come on. I mean, you're you're throwing Jared Goff to the line. Stafford was about the only saving grace they have. And now they have in-and-out Burgered Jared Goff coming in there. So that's a very winnable game. You have the Jets on the schedule. That, for eternity, is a winnable game. New England, I don't know how they're going to be. I don't have tons of faith in them. Uh, So you have tons. I think Tampa Bay is going to be the class of the division. Uh, I don't think they repeat but I do think that they're going to be the class of division just because everyone else has some issues, but I, I think the Falcons will finish second. I, I have a lot of faith in Fontenot. I, I think he's really sharp. He's proven that. And I think that he has a big opportunity in this draft has some good capital has chances to either maximize with elite talent or push it back and get more really, really good talent. And so just, I, I still believe in Matt Ryan I don't think Julio's gonna keep getting hurt calvin really continues to ascend uh, so I, I think a nine and seven year is fairly reasonable I, I don't that's uh, an improvement of, of five wins but uh, yeah I, I think it's it's absolutely doable to be fighting for that last wild card spot uh, in in finishing second in division
4: yeah I, there were so many games we talked about it earlier last year that there were utter collapses, but you can flip that on its head and say, well, we were very competitive and we were, we were in those games. So you get a new coach, whole new coaching staff inject some enthusiasm into a roster that was already in those games. I think that alone can, can push you to like eight and eight, nine and seven. I I agree with Michael Tampa Bay is probably the class of the division, but I think eight and eight, nine and seven is realistic for this roster. And just being in the conversation in December would be huge for this franchise. So I and I, that's the most optimistic I can get. Um, but I think the talent is there in spots, and the coaching staff will inject them with some energy to to rally the talent to about an eight and eight, nine and
1: seven season. Let's so see, Aries, you guys want to go first?
3: Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, I think uh, I think the Falcons actually finished third in the division. I think it'll be obviously the Bucks first. Um, you know, Sean Payton is a sneaky, cheating little bastard, and I think he's going <laughs> to find a way to uh, put something together. and the, And the Saints will, and the Saints will just keep keep on rolling, uh, even without Drew Brees. You know, they might drop a couple games here and there, but I think they're going to be okay. And then, uh, and then I think it's us. I mean, I, I got no reason to think next season's going to be any different until something happens. You know, like 2019, 2020. And 2021, you're like I, they're all gonna. I think they're all gonna be just re- repeat seasons. I think we're gonna have some wins in our hands and, and drop them. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not sold yet on this Falcons team. Uh, maybe after the draft, but as of right now, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sold. So you know, I think it's, I think they're, uh, I think they're an eight and eight team.
4: I, I'm hearing a lot of Dan Quinn trauma. You got a yeah. fantastic Quincy. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I was but, thinking I mean, that right there, too. The, when, again, that's, that's qu- Quincy. No, that's Quincy. You know, I'm sorry, the glass like, is always half full. <laughs> when I when and
2: I was usually, Quincy, talking, I was right. like, "That's a man who's been through Atlanta sports."
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I understand. I, I feel his pain definitely. I, I've been called a homer several several times. And uh, with these last two seasons, man, it really shook me. And, you know, I hate to say, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We picked up these uh, this, these picks right here. We're going to be back to the playoffs. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I did realize it was more of a internal culture thing than it was players, I believe. And I'm glad they clean house with that. So with the new you know, culture coming in. We'll see what happens, and we have um, the new players we're going to pick up. We're gonna, we're still going to be pretty young, so that that still makes me pretty nervous. But um, you know, I to say we're going to win our division. We're going to go all the way, but I know that's not realistic. But I think we'll be way more competitive this year. And uh, I'm not going to throw any numbers out because I'm always wrong. So <laughs> you know, that's what I. That's that's what I got. By you, Aries?
6: Um, I think the holes are really gonna show on the back end. We I mean we, we lost a lot on the back end that that's at, at even though they weren't the best, they did okay. So losing, you know, you know, Ricardo, Casey, Neil, it's just I I don't I don't know how that's gonna work. And then and then there's no pass rush. So yeah. <laughs> nine and seven is Hopefully good, but I, I I doubt we even hit uh, eight and eight to be to be honest. So it's 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 going to be hard to choose. It's, 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 it's going to be hard to see what this team ends up. Hopefully they, they do a lot better, but I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. But I, I I just don't see it right now. Like right now, I just don't see it.
1: I can tell you one good thing we are good at, and I'm pretty much can rest my hat on is we always get good kickers. We can do anything. We can get good kickers. Young Wanku right. had a phenomenal season last year. He's probably our, our right?
5: best player last year, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We well, I mean, we always,
1: the, that's been like the this last two seasons. Our kickers go. have been our best players.
6: Yeah, but by, by the way this offense is going, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? He's going
0: to be, be kicking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so hard, I mean, because I, I agree with Quincy on the fact of um, action speak louder than words. We need to see stuff being done rather than being said, you know, obviously it's all early, you know, that's what's a way of prediction. Obviously the draft, you know, we're going into that process. Um, you know, I've, I'm always optimistic. And I think the reason why I'm always optimistic um, most years, obviously, you know, it's obviously, obviously so heartbreaking in that, you know, from 2016 onwards, even 2017 in that Philly game, you know, and it's obviously, like yeah. you said, it's just been a downward spiral. Obviously it's been so hard. I mean, I've, you know, obviously I'm, I'm guessing all you' got especially at Falcons up and I'm sure you have um, Brad like I've been a Falcons fan you've lived in that there and everything and you've experienced like the culture of the Mike Vick days and obviously when even before Mike Vick we were terrible you know and and then it's just been obviously that type of thing where it's been I've been through these emotions and that's only been eight nine years and it's like I've never had so much high blood pressure than watching this team um but obviously it's a case of where yeah, you've got to look at the actions, <laughs> speak louder than, it's true, like, you got these actions, speak louder than words, but it's just a case of where I'm so optimistic, and I always am with Matt at quarterback, I think that if Ter- if Terry decides to draft a quarterback, I- I'm going to trust the process, but I think, I mean, we had, I mean, we, you know, unfortunately, we had to cover the Saints on their off-season talks, we're going for every team, but um, we had uh, a fan on there, a guy who, um, who, who writes for, for quite a few pages and stuff, and he was, basically saying the Saints are the biggest boom or bust team. I, I disagree. I think we are the biggest boom or bust with what we have. And it really does depend on what <laughs> happens in the draft. I really do. I really think this could be, you could they might shock everyone and get double yeah. digit wins out of nowhere. Or they could, like you say, have this 2019-20 repeat and we have growing pains still. Within the organization to, to move forward with Arthur Smith and, Ter- and Terry Fonda them, but it's so hard to put a number. I think I've had, I even to be honest I've thought about everything about what I was going to say in this episode, but I have not a number because it could be boom yeah. or bust, and that that's all I'm going to say. I don't know what your thoughts are, Keg, but that that's that's where I'm at.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I'm hoping that we can get a I think eight and eight nine and seven is realistic. I'm hoping we can just challenge for that last wild card spot. To be fair, I mean we need another playoff game, don't we? As simple as that. We need a Get yeah. Back in there, and we need to stop yeah. wasting the rest of Matt Ryan's career and exactly. you know, getting back where he belongs.
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. that's always it's always a good point. Um, guys, we're going to cap it off there. Um, this has been a great episode. I mean, I wanted this to be big for Atlanta, and we obviously done that with all these uh, all of you guys on. I really appreciate you all coming on and taking the time out today. It's been an absolute great episode, and really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining.
1: Oh, thanks for having us. Thanks
0: for having us, you yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. No problem at all, guys. So, listeners, so we're still going for off-season talk. Obviously, I'll have everyone. I'll have uh, Spaghetti Junction, boys, and What's Our Fan Podcast in our links and everything. So, definitely check all the guys out. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Take care, stay safe, and catch you next time.